Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Several years ago, we embarked on a fascinating journey. It was, in short, the idea that the human brain may be, in several ways, actively conspiring against the thing humans think of as their consciousness. You know, the you that is listening to this. You can find these videos on YouTube. Uh, I think think they hold up. I think we're proud of them. They describe the way in which the brain processes information and how it changes the processing of information during uh, emotive experiences like love or hate or fear and so on. I would just say we're definitely proud of them. Like a hundred percent and for sure watch them, you watch them and there's no real order. I actually, I think there is kind of an order, but there's a whole playlist you can find on, on there on YouTube. And uh, it is one of the first series that really made me question 
how I think, what I think, and when I think it, and which chemicals are being activated at the times that I'm thinking those things. You know, I'm a big fan of the concept of thinking about thinking, you know, metacognition. That's a fun one. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and shout out to our corporate suits who allowed us to skate by with uh, your brain on love as our required Valentine's Day <laughs> episode. Uh, it may not have been uh, the dish they ordered, but it was on theme at the restaurant. Uh, today, we are exploring the way the human brain and the brain of every human being you know approaches and encounters memory. And yes, there are conspiracies afoot. This is deep water. This is live fire. Here are the facts. And just not going to high road anyone, not not going to uh, sound like we have the answers here. The facts are this. Your brain, if you are human while you're listening to this, is a very driven thing. It wants stuff. And biologically speaking, the human body is super unfair. There are so many organs in the body, so many uh, processes and orders of operation, and one of them gets an active vote and a veto. That's your brain. The brain is arguably self-aware. It is inarguably the most self-centered organ because it's ultimately um, it's uh, okay. Uh, all right, it's, it's got the veto. No, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. It, it's it's got the veto power. I guess you could say every if we assign sentience to any organ, then uh, we're we're kind of opening the door for all of them to be very self-centered, right? The liver is going, what's going on with this uh, stomach digestive tract? Uh, this is BS. Uh, I'm the most important thing. Thing is, your liver cannot really change the consciousness and arguably your brain can you know change what your body does that can really mess with your liver uh <laughs> if you know what yeah. i mean so Just it's so. like yeah the libido wants sex but that uh, impulse is driven by the brain you know what i mean i mean the libido is not an organ it's a mental drive to want something and there's all kinds of glands and things that are connected to your brain that are part of your body that are driven by the desires of your brain even when you say the heart wants what the heart wants it's kind of your brain that dictates that the part of the heart people refer to so dramatically is really in your brain i will brook no insults to the human heart the actual organ. You nailed it, Noel. Uh, the, the actual organ of the heart is like one of the hardest working things in the human body. The, your heart right now has been working without a day off, unless you've had a near-death experience, for the entirety of your life. And it can't get a vacation. So just be nice to it. You know, heart healthy. Despite the propaganda, uh, let, let's go to the brain, though. I, I love the point about uh, organs being somewhat self-centered. The difference between every other organ in the human body is that the brain, which is a thirsty, thirsty beast, has veto power and it is self-centered. And it is ultimately, again, your brain, the hardware, 
not you, not your idea of you. The brain itself is focused on one thing, the concept of propagation, whether that is the recognition of patterns, whether that is biological reproduction, whether that is mimetic reproduction, right? The propagation of ideas. It wants things that confirm its earlier or current beliefs. A better way to say it is it wants things that make it feel good and correct and right. And it will not hesitate to damage other organs in this pursuit. That was my cat. Uh, who was just hype manning me there. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, if you are a human being, your brain does not think of you the same way that you think of your brain. It looks at your conscious mind functionally as kind of an ancillary thing. It, it looks at your idea of you as something like maybe, maybe software maybe a side effect of its original purpose, which is, again, to always be right and to propagate its accuracy into the world. Make me feel correct, says the human brain, and everything else can be damned. And look, it sounds like we're... Sounds like we're crapping on the brain right now, but don't get us wrong. The brain is... It's a very specific kink. (laughs) Right, it's a very specific kink. Uh, Don't get us wrong. The brain is, as Fiona Apple once sang, an extraordinary machine. It's super cool. It takes this fluid understanding of the past events and applies them to what it perceives as the present and a future as well, whether abstract or concrete. Sure, you could describe it as like a real-time evolution. I mean, it's not, you know, um, biological evolution per se, although that's a whole other discussion, um, but it is a purely adaptable um, entity. Uh, all you have to do is touch fire one time, for example. I have a distinct memory of being a kid, and even when the coils on the stove aren't burning red-hot looking anymore, uh, you touch it, it's hot, it'll burn the crap out of you. I learned really quickly to fear the coils on the stove, even if they aren't, you know, giving off some sort of visual cue. Um, And that feeds a memory and creates a sense memory that is tied to pain. Uh, Let's say you get your heart broken, you get broken up with. Your brain will be cautious about how quickly you throw yourself into relationships because that is another sense memory. It's a sense of loss and uh, and longing and hurt, even if it's not physical, it's emotional, but it is a memory that will uh, instruct your brain to act accordingly in the future, to keep those things from happening, to keep from feeling bad, to your point, Ben, to continue feeling good, or at the very least, achieve stasis. Or to keep things you do like from reoccurring, Right. I mean, we just briefly mentioned some like a kink jokingly, but that's where kinks come from, right? Some sense memory that hit you at some point in your life that then when it hits you again, it's exciting and arousing in whatever way. And now it's your thing. Uh, the, the brain is weird like that. It likes doing stuff over and over again. Yes, pattern recognition. You nailed it, Matt. Also, you know, human beings take so much of this hardware for granted Make no mistake, memory is a superpower, a superpower that I would argue is imperfect. To your point, Noel, the concept of memory does not exist in all living things. Uh, Bacteria, for example, have to actively evolve over generations to learn that behavior that a human being can learn 
by touching a stove one time. So memory, pretty cool. Before we dunk on it, we just want to assure everyone memory is pretty cool and you're lucky to have it. It's loosely defined, if we want to go with the idea of a computer analogy, it's loosely defined as a collective capability of your hardware and your software. It lets you store data, you encode it, and at a constant pace, you retrieve that data and apply it to new situations. Imagine a world without memory, right? an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Without your memories, you are unable to recall things like relationships, languages, music, your own definition of self-identity, and memory as a function of this great, still enigmatic machine that is you. That memory is somewhat predictable, and science knows what happens in the absence of memory. Amnesia. Alzheimer's, very rare and troubling cases like uh, that of a guy named Henry Molaison who lost his operative memory at the age of 27. You can find this on your search engine of choice. Spoiler alert, it's very bad. If I could just say, I mean, I think Eternal Sunshine's a great touch point, uh, a little more in the sci-fi world, but if you really want to see something that beautifully and heartbreakingly dramatizes the experience of um, of Alzheimer's. Highly recommend The Father uh, with Anthony Hopkins. It was mm-hmm. uh, actually, he won the Oscar for it. Uh, it was like the, in, during one of the COVID Oscars. Um, but uh, incredible film, absolutely heartbreaking based on a stage play. Uh, it really, you are in the um, perspective of the character and it presents you with these scenarios that are, in fact, entirely disorienting. So you are kind of experiencing things the way the main character of the film experiences things, and it's jarring, but also really um, educational. So it's it's a, it's heavy, but it's a, it's a very beautiful film and probably the best depiction of what that must feel like that I've ever seen. See also Memento. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say criminally underrated. Really good. Oh, Matt, Matt's Matt's doing the uh, Matt's doing the diplomatic nod. Uh, the diplomatic Pacino. No, I was I was thinking about. <laughs> I was just remembering the movie, thinking about my memories of that movie about memory loss, and uh, mm. it was, I have went into that metacognition thing. I'm I'm gonna stay here. I'm still here. We're good. I'm in my office. Okay. All right. We're doing a yeah. podcast. Cool. It's a nice office too. Uh, for anyone watching on YouTube, uh, I want to shout out uh, Mr. Matt Fredericks. Amazing backlighting. For the X Files <laughs> picture, you know it looks so good. I'm always so happy. You know, Ben, you point out in, in the outline um, that you know human beings and and many animals have some kind of functioning memory, and that that is sort of a hallmark of higher life. Do you think cats remember stuff, or they're just assholes and, and, and like they remember, but they just don't care? Because I, I just I swear cats just don't learn. Uh, and I, I've I've posited like, it, does the cat not remember that it's I don't want it jumping up and messing with my hanging plant, you know, and knocking over the water bowl, or does it just genuinely just not care what I what I what I want? It's interesting because, uh, yes, all mammals possess some sort of long-term memory to one degree or another. However, the case of the household feline is somewhat distinct because they are, I guess the best way to say it, is they sort of voluntarily 
function as domesticated animals without being domesticated. That's why if someone dies, a dog will sit around at the grave for years, but a cat will just, you know, if it can't eat the eyes, it'll it'll go find another person to take care of it. Story for another day. Uh, you, yeah, you raise a great point. And at this juncture, it is fair to ask, if you're listening now, it's fair to ask, why do I forget some stuff? In an earlier conversation, the three of us were talking about remembering phone numbers, seven-digit numbers, right? Uh, we each recalled immediately uh, some numbers, but we don't know most phone numbers. Humans don't know most phone numbers. So you have to ask yourself, why do we remember some things and forget others? Someone listening today may say, why can I, for instance, remember a day at the beach with pitch perfect clarity? You know, they're saying, I was eight years old and I remember the smell of the ocean, the, the grit of the sand. But why can I not at the same time for our NSA intern Steve's sake, remember what, what this person next to me was just talking about? Even if I was trying to pay attention, why, why can't I remember the street they named? The answer is honestly super simple. It's smell. We can do an experiment with it uh, later today. If you want to remember something, fellow conspiracy realist, if there's something just like on the tip of your mental tongue, ask yourself about the smells you remember from that moment. Be careful while doing so because it, it might open some doors. Mm, makes me think about my son when we first brought him home from the hospital. I will never really? forget that smell. When was the it a good smell? First poop hit the diaper. I know, but it smells like violets and sunshine. What are you talking about? No, it about? does not. Man. Okay. Mm. Right. Spoiled milk, my friend. No. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you remember it, right? Like it's it's encoded in your memory, Matt. No, is it that is. true? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very distinct, I'm sorry, I keep, it's, this is what it does. Like, you know, you, certain things trigger these memories and then you just go back and you're like down this rabbit hole. But I have a very distinct memory from being a kid of like being on some sort of school field trip um, when I was like in, lived in Germany. I was, must have been like five or six years old. And I remember discovering this kind of underground area that was like a construction site or something weird, but it seemed really creepy and mysterious. And I remember it had this smell. Uh, and I remember the smell to this day. And it was sort of dank and acrid, but I, I recognize that smell um, whenever I experience it. Um, and another smell that I always remember and that brings me back to a place is the smell of California uh, or like San Francisco in particular. It just it has this like kind of like like weird acrid sea salt smell that just other parts of the country don't smell like. Um, so I think I'm with you. Uh, that sense memory associated with smell is really strong. Yes, it is the primary encoder uh, for the mammalian brain. The other senses play a part. Of course, taste is just sort of a subgenre of smell. And the thing about memory is, again, it's super cool, but it's also super imperfect. Earlier, we talked about the fluidity 
of memory and the way in which the brain explores concepts of the past. The key word there was not brain necessarily, nor was it memory. It was the word fluid. Again, your memory, if you are human, is constructed and maintained by the most selfish, most powerful organ in your body. And your brain has some conflicts of interest here. It can, at will, move, edit, revise, omit, and even add experiences of memory. And you, your consciousness, will not be able to divine the difference very easily. Your brain can conspire against what you think of when you think of you. And other human beings, just like you, are very well aware of this fact. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsors, and then maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll change the future, but we're going to change the past just a bit. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. Memory is 100% fallible. It's a, uh, it's a bad investment. It's like NFTs. Like while we are recording today, there are active, powerful forces seeking to change people's perception of the past. We can start with a, uh, <laughs> with a fun, approachable example so we don't scare anyone off. Uh, you've, you've heard of them before, longtime conspiracy realist. There, there's a, there's a guy that, that we talk about pretty frequently off air as well as on a mentalist out of the United Kingdom. He's named Darren Brown. No relation to our pal Noel. Yeah, no, I wish. Uh, he's a cool guy. Um, he's got all kinds of specials. You know, mentalism is like, you know, it's, it's like if you've seen the movie Nightmare Alley. Um, I really, really like the original, but the Guillermo del Toro remake is quite good, too. It's, you know, uses things like cold reading and it's sort of wrapped up in the idea of being like a, a seer, like a fortune teller. And you use, you know, kind of general things that most people would have in common to make them feel like, you know, something that you shouldn't know. Darren Brown has gamed this and takes it, you know, adds a David Copperfield-esque kind of flair to it and really makes like a big production of it and always has different themes. I mean, his specials are, are absolutely entertaining. He always uses the word stooges. He says there are no stooges. Uh, meaning, you know, plants, like people that are going to act a certain way or pretend to not be in on the, the bit when they actually are. Um, but, you know, he's compared to kind of a modern day Houdini, which we also know he wasn't a, he wasn't a magical person. He was just a really good showman who, like, knew some tricks and was able to game people's perceptions. Yeah. And, and Ben, before we get into the experiment, we're really going to go in depth into today. Just really quickly, I'd like to mention another one of his... Uh, what, what would we call these things? It's not a stunt. It's not a trick. It's a... It's a demonstration, let's call it. Let's call it. Okay. So a demonstration that he gives in a video that he produced at some point for a special where he he's talking to someone about how he has learned to look at a deck of cards as it is being flicked past really quickly. If you're flicking through all of the cards and he's just memorized or he's perfected rather the ability to see every card in those of the 52 and know which ones are missing when he just flicks through it at a lightning fast pace. And, you know, he demonstrates how he can, you know, he can have this person remove one and he'll tell you which one that is, or he can flick it through twice and then flip over the, t the cards while not looking and tell you every card in order what it is. I don't want to talk too much shade, about him because maybe that's possible. <laughs> it feels highly unlikely that he could train himself even over, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours and attempts. I don't think you could do that just because it is happening so quickly. And he, in this demonstration, he says that 
it's he's able to slow time down the way you would when you experience something traumatic like a car accident uh, and okay, he can just Darren. do that right <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's the thing like okay so eidetic memory uh street name photographic memory is a real thing but it's quite rare and it also comes along with some with some an unfortunate consequences, at least for the human brain. Uh, we we do have to note, of course, that um, Darren Brown is a showman. I, I call him a modern day Houdini because he is a skeptic, uh, and he is also. He, he is also not doing Dr. Strange magic, and he can explain these things. Of course, there's a bit of the stage magician about, about the performance, and performance it is. The idea of flicking through cards and instantly knowing which ones are missing uh, that could happen. You know, there are 52 cards in a deck. The idea of slowing things down is a real thing. Look at our earlier episodes on savants who are able with uh, who are able to see maybe a visual depiction of something and draw it instantly in very high fidelity. It's true. I just don't think I don't think that's the same thing. I mean, I think Darren Brown, if he was given a deck of cards and was able to flip through them at like regular speed, could probably memorize 52 cards in order, um, you know, given a minute to study the deck. But the trick part of it and the part that makes it seem absolutely unbelievable uh, or like magic is the fact that he's flipping through it at such a rapid rate. Um, Another Darren Brown-esque dude that I don't think gets quite as much credit as he deserves um, is a dude named Derek Delgadio. He did this incredible performance called uh, In and of Itself. It's like, I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's very Darren Brown-esque, but like clearly theater forward. And I don't think he's meaning for you to believe what you see. In fact, I think he instructs you not to believe what you see at some point in the in the preamble for it. And he does very similar stuff, but he tells his story about being a card counter and like being able to, using these tricks to like gamble and like make money. And we know that's a thing. People count cards and blackjack and they make a living doing that you know bouncing around until they get caught so you know these skills exist yeah blackjack has changed vegas locals i know a lot of you are in the audience today let's talk about let's talk about moving those shoes uh i'm not going to explain it that's right yeah the dealers game the game you know what i mean so you can't yeah exactly the house always wins so to, to memory for everybody who remembers what we were just talking about, the mentalist Darren Brown, want to draw your attention to a video available on YouTube now. To Matt's point, Darren Brown is, by his own admission, a showman, right? He is a producer, a performer, but he's also a mentalist, and he does something really interesting. I thought this was a good way in because... Um, because of the deification of celebrities that occurs now, right? Society ignores amazing and terrible things that happen to regular people, but the minute someone uh, who, who is seen as a public figure has one of those same experiences, it's a big deal. So off my high horse, here's what happens. There's an actor, Simon Pegg. He's brilliant uh, and a very smart guy. Uh, comedian, writer, director, and 
In this video, Darren Brown, the mentalist, asked Simon Pegg to write down his ideal birthday present, the thing he would most want as a gift to celebrate his personal New Year's. A few days after that, Darren Brown invites this celebrity, Simon Pegg, to hang out with him. And he says, hey, Simon, I think I got your present without, you know, knowing what your present is. I think I have guessed at your absolute favorite birthday gift. And for the record, uh, Simon Pegg has written down with his own hand that ideal birthday gift. He has sealed it in an envelope. No one but him has seen it. Fast forward. Darren Brown and Simon Pegg have a conversation, and Pegg is flummoxed, amazed, a little past words when Darren uh, opens up this, you know, performatively large gift box and shows Simon Pegg the dream gift, which is a red BMX bike. Cool. Very considerate gift giver, no? I didn't know Simon liked to shred. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, apparently he didn't know he liked to either. Until he had the conversation with Darren Brown and was manipulated all day long during the shooting of that video. <laughs> yeah, apparently he originally wanted a leather jacket. Um, but that's the thing. It's like he, Simon, I'm sorry, um, Darren Brown claims that he can infl- – and I think this is probably true. Uh, it's the same, actually, as what, what I was talking about earlier with the mentalist tricks uh, they use to communicate with each other. You have the the medium or whatever, then they always have an assistant. And through emphasis of certain syllables and use of certain words in a certain order, they can communicate ideas to each other. I think the theory is that, that Darren Brown does something similar where he implants an idea subconsciously into someone's head over a period of time in a similar method by emphasizing certain words or, or whatever, like you're communicating a message behind the message that the person doesn't even realize they're receiving um, until their hand is guided to, to write this thing down. And Matt, I know that you're maybe skeptical about, about whether that's possible, um, but Simon Pegg would probably tell you that he, he wasn't in on it, and I tend to believe that. It's called uh, He has priming. nothing to gain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. So, no, priming is definitely real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm skeptical sometimes of the the packages, the video packages that we're given by Darren Brown. Oh, sure. I don't, I'm not saying he's completely BSing. I'm saying he's doing some real things. It's just be, they're so much more sensational than I think how they generally function in the world. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what it is? I, I would argue it's a function of cherry picking and attrition for every successful experiment of this sort demonstration, to use the earlier word, there are probably multiple demonstrations that did not go the same way. So back to our our boys, Uh, Simon, Darren, they open this envelope together. It contains, as we said earlier, that wish for a leather jacket. And here's the weird thing about memory. Simon Pegg sincerely seems not to remember writing that wish down. He genuinely believed, or his brain told him, that he had always wished for a BMX bike. 
And again, to add these asterisks and caveats, we must understand this mentalist and performer, Darren Brown, very smart guy, also pretty good painter, by the way, if you've seen his work, uh, he is conducting these demonstrations as harmless, illuminating, entertainment, education. There's a nod and a wink to it, but the point holds true. Not all people attempting to change your memories will be as kind nor as performative. Like, think about the science, all right? If you, you we're listening along together, we're in the show together, we've all had a cavalcade of individual memories occurring. And every time you have a memory, essentially, cognitively, you are hallucinating. Each and every time you remember something, you're taking this weird trip through your brain, flipping through these neuroelectric patterns of synapses uh, firing in sequence. And every time the neurons there fire, they're doing so in the context of your current sensory input. And you don't notice most of these background cognitive calculations. But I would argue, I would posit, this is very much a scene and setting situation, just like psilocybin or LSD, how people say, don't, you know, don't take shrooms when you're in a bad mood or don't take acid unless you feel like you're in a safe place. Memories are your consciousness traveling somewhere. Fourth dimensionally. That's true. And then you mentioned the concept of priming earlier and things like anchoring. Um, so if, for example, we were to ask you to free associate a word with a smell, um, okay, you want to you do it? Yes. Uh, oh, it. I'm so excited. Right. Okay. Yes. This is a live experiment. This is like the time that we wrapped Matt's phone in aluminum foil. All right. Okay. Here we go. Matt, Noel, I'm going to give you a word. I know you guys can read this word, but uh, please don't. I'm going to give you I'm a closing word. closing <laughs> And right when you hear this word, play along at home. This is a safe one. Right when you hear this word, tell me immediately the smell that pops up in your mind. Are you guys ready? Do we have mm -hmm. informed yes, consent? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Discovery. Bleach. Discovery. Okay, it's got, weird. Was it I supposed is, to say it? Was I supposed to say it out loud? Or was I supposed to keep no, it? No, you got it. You got it. it. Okay, Perfect. Okay, okay. My, yeah, my first thing bleach. that came to mind, bleach, says Noel. Uh, Matt? Uh, for me, it was soup. It was tomato soup. Uh, and it's, yeah. But but it's a weird. It's a different uh, thing for me. It's, it's where we worked rather than the concept of discovery. So I just went back immediately to the old Discovery Studios. See, mine was based on where we worked too, but I remember the bathrooms there smelling like bleach. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, see? It was me having to eat tomato soup because I was poor as hell. Now, <laughs> now did you guys, when you, when you heard that word and you were primed to think in terms of smell, did you feel immediacy? Did you feel like you were traveling to a moment? Or what, what was your process? What was your experience? To a degree, yeah. Yeah, I pictured the I pictured the space, I pictured the Buckhead office, you know, back when we were in that place on Peachtree. Um, that is what I associate with the Discovery era of 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 this of this company and of this job. And the bathrooms there just had a certain smell. 
But all bathrooms kind of can smell bleachy. I don't know if they even smell that way all the time. I must have just assumed that's just a strong smell Mm -hmm. that can permeate, you know, uh, and it can bring back a memory. And so that's the – I'm sure there are other times it smelled like, you know, air freshener or like urinal cakes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, my Mm -hmm. brain's just messing with me. I'm super hungry. And (laughs) Discovery just primed me like, I'm hungry. What would I be eating right now? Oh, I'd be going to the break room and making some soup. All right, let's do, this is fantastic. Let's do it. Um, let, let's take a, another approach. Uh, let's, let's see. I, I was steering this first one. So let's have someone else name a smell and get a verbal response. Let's, let's try, like what we're doing here okay. is we're, we're driving both ways on the inner state of the mind. If that makes sense. All right, sense. I'll do this one. I'll do this one. So it's both mm-hmm. of you guys. Uh, I'm going to give you a very specific smell. You guys are going to come up with words and memories that you associate with that smell. Ready? Mm-hmm. So ready. Cinnamon. Pop-tart. Uh, yeah. Mugs. Mugs? Yeah. Like oh, just mugs, mugs in general? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Pop tart is strong. I think it's the most underrated. I think it's the most underrated pop tart. T- to be honest, the, the just the regular brown sugar cinnamon pop tart. Big big fan. Mm-hmm. And so, what came to you, Matt, when when you said cinnamon? Because you took a pause, and I could hear you kind of going through the file cabinet of smells in your yeah. mind. Uh, for me, it's holidays at my parents' house, and it's specific. It's like mug, like kind of what you're talking about, but in this case, it would be filled with the potpourri. But cinnamon was always like one of the top notes that I experienced in that. So you know, my second choice would have been brooms because I always think of the cinnamon brooms that they have at the grocery store around the holidays. So there is that like a cloying smell associated with like Christmas time, Christmas season, or even earlier than that, like as early as October, you know, with Halloween and those, those God awful cinnamon brooms. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I see where you're going with this, Ben, like in terms of the highway and the, the two ways that the mental brain cars can drive, <laughs> you can sort of preempt these things and even short circuit them. It, Cause you know, it's the same as cold reading. Like, you know, in general, what a broad swath of people might associate with a certain smell, and you can kind of reverse engineer the response that you want, right? Just so. Yeah, this is why uh, this is why some department stores will pipe in certain smells uh, when they know that there are customers who may spend money. You can also, this is highly unethical, You can try this at home. We are not legally responsible. Uh, You can permeate an environment with a particular olfactory trigger to induce a response that you wish with a given individual. Uh, I don't know whether law enforcement is, I don't know where they're at with this approach at this point. They might be doing some kind of primitive things like the smell of hot coffee or having someone hold a warm drink to make them feel more like amicable. But uh, but there's much more to be done. And the thing you have to realize is that people are doing it. Uh, this loophole of encoding, it's the primary reason memories exist. 
And they are cognitive shortcuts, kind of a cliff notes to the great pattern recognizer of the brain. But we just showed you that these things can be changed. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll return with the war in East Asia. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. We're back. We've always been at war with Eurasia. In the signals. Uh, Eurasia or East Asia? Wait, wait, I, I don't even remember. What it was it? East Asia? Was it Eurasia? I'll just believe whatever you tell me. Uh, news at ten. 
smell the cinnamon uh, in, in, uh, in this great and terrifying novel dystopia called 1984 a guy named George Orwell writes about a so far fictional narrative regarding the fallibility of memory. You guys remember 1984. You read it, you know, um, read you it, like it, seen it. Oh yeah, of course. It's, it's one of the two stories that really form the way I think about most all things, especially when it comes to science fiction and what's been happening over the course of my life. Uh, that one in Brave New World just kind of meld together and show us all the ways that Black Mirror will become reality one day. <laughs> yes. As we say, sci-fi has an expiration date. How long will it be fiction? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, in, in 1984, for our purposes here, what's interesting about the action of memory is that people are required by an oppressive government to regularly edit their experiences of the past such that they appear to consciously vibe with whatever the present narrative is. And the reason it's dystopian is that the that present narrative is ephemeral. It is transient. It is always shifting. And one must always have always agreed with whatever it happens to be at that day, that year, that time, that minute. There are other explorations of this experience, this editing of memory, in, you know, for now, science fiction. Want to give a shout out to uh, Neil Stevenson's Anathem, uh, especially the Retors in, in that thing. They're, oh, they're so creepy. You guys would love I that. I don't know book. that. Oh, it's so, oh, it's so creepy. They're, they're, uh, this is like my Magic the Gathering moment, Matt. There are these uh, two secret conspiratorial camps of uh, super monks and some of them are encantors who are able to use um, a variation of quantum ideation to shift the future. And then the, the retors are able to do the same thing with the past. It is nuts. It is weird that it has not been adapted. But what about the encantors, Ben and the third sack? I have no idea what those things mean. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, we're going to get letters about this, or we have gotten letters, or history will change such that we've received letters. Anyway, uh -oh. as we've established, the memory game is the same, and it sounds like we're having you know a fun chat or whatever, uh, but... This is this is why gaslighting works in abusive relationships. This is also not restricted to an individual experience. Right now, mass memory changes are occurring on a countrywide scale. Like, what about the Philippines? Yeah, let's jump to the Philippines. This is a, this is crazy. Uh, I, I feel like this has happened in the U.S. as well. So, you know, not just to point a figure at you, anyone living in the Philippines, but this is weird stuff. Uh, there's a brand new president as we're recording today in the Philippines. His name is Ferdinand Marcos Jr. It's important. Uh, it's very, very interesting cat. He's got a lineage. See, he's uh, he was sired, let's say, by this other guy who is also a Marcos, uh, Ferdinand Marcos. I see, it's the same name, just no junior there. Uh, mm. He was Usually a, how that goes. Yeah. yeah, he was a former dictator of the Philippines. Uh, not so great one. 
uh, one that, you know, a lot of people probably didn't like so much there in the Philippines, and they've just elected his son. Maybe that's fine. Maybe that's fine, except for, you know, all the martial law stuff that occurred when his dad was in, quote, office and or just in charge. Uh, It's very interesting how this occurred and what let's say what the current administration did to get where they are right now. Yeah, you you might recall, folks, uh, Imelda Marcos, I-M-E-L-D-A, famous for a huge shoe collection which is some for some reason that's what the international media of the time chose to focus on but the marcos the marcos dictatorship from 1965 to 1986 embezzled billions of dollars billions of dollars from the government and therefore the people of the country while the average Average folks in the Philippines were struggling under the yoke of oppression, imperialism, corruption. Even now, even now, the Philippines is one of the most dangerous countries for journalists. And for a while, understandably so, everybody post-Marcos regime hated this guy. You know, like he's he's a super dick. He robbed he robbed people. He robbed people. He killed people. He made our country broke uh, until recently his son successfully ran for president. And you can see those institutional attempts at changing history and memory first always in media. And sadly enough, uh, It often begins with children. I want to shout out uh, the writing team over at Last Week Tonight. Uh, They recently did a top-notch job depicting this paradigm shift in real time. You will see school children in, in the Philippines who are now being rewarded for going on camera and saying martial law improved our country. The removal of rights to free speech, the removal of safety of dissent, things like that, that made the country a better place. And it's, and it's, edit me here, Paul, it's terrible. It's unclean. Children are easy pickings for this sort of large scale memory manipulation because they might not have firsthand sensory experience of these past events. And no, Matt, you guys have children, and you must be aware, surely, of, of how easily steered opinions can be when you start from the young and then you just build up from there. It's a pyramid scheme. I mean, I agree with you. I also think these days, like, uh, older people are a little more easily manipulated than the young, you know? Like, I think younger generations are more in tuned to this type of thing and are more aware of it when it's happening than, you know, maybe some more older set-in-their-ways people are who want that, that brain wanting to, like, feel good and make them feel good about their opinions. They're much uh, more easily preyed on by these changing narratives, you know, through the quote-unquote 
quote, fake news, you know, but not the way that some people use that expression, not to get on a political soapbox or anything. I just do feel like there are certain folks that don't want to question things, uh, whereas I feel like kids my daughter's age and generation um, are constantly questioning things and are very aware of being manipulated and won't stand for it. Yeah, but at the same time, they're being manipulated like crazy and they don't know it. They really don't oh, I, know it. I, I know. So, I'm with so you. like, but, you know, there's, I, a, there's like micro <laughs> and macro manipulations going yeah, on here. You in know? this case, yeah, we're yeah. talking about a nation's memory, right? In a weird way, mm-hmm. it's on the individual level, but it's a country's memory. And you're talking about uh, the regime ended in ni- 1986. So you think about the voting age people, uh, um, many of whom were born after that date, uh, probably don't have any real memory of this regime at all. It's just what they've read, what they've seen and stories that they've heard from people around them. And it is interesting how we can collectively generate an individual's memory through collective memory. Mm -hmm. And recall the brain wants to be right. Your brain is always right. It must always be correct. It is heretical for your consciousness to pose conflicting information to your brain. It's pissed. It's got a lot of other stuff to do. It's like, hey, I'm keeping you breathing. I'm keeping your heart beating. Why are you coming around with all these problems? That's why we have stuff like the Mandela or Mandela effect, right? That's why people's brains are so intransigent about things like whether it was Shaq or whether it was uh, Sinbad. In Kazam or Shazam, Uh, and this goes on. Hold on, I gotta get it right though. It was it was definitely Shaq in Kazam, right? There is no Shazam starring Sinbad. Just don't even worry about it. But you are correct. Okay, great, great. We've always been at war with you, East Asia. Uh, So there's a there's another part here. Let's talk about Russia. Let's talk about memories in Russia on an institutional level. Yeah, this is fascinating and something that. and we've talked about recently in some strange news episodes, there's a couple of angles for looking at this. But one uh, involves thinking back to the days of the USSR when Ukraine was, you know, raised up as a thriving example of how, you know, a having a distinct culture uh, within the USSR was actually a benefit to Mother Russia. Um, there was a ton of propaganda from the time that showed that this was the spin. In 1954, the USSR, quote, gave the peninsula of Crimea to the oblast of Ukraine as a symbol of this recognition. Uh, And there aren't a whole lot of people um, in the area that are alive to actually remember this today. Um, And therefore, you know, the narrative is much more easily changed. But if you, you know, run the tape forward to current day, May of 2022, um, as we record this uh, and you're hearing it, um, post-Soviet Russia is... At war with this former vassal, I guess you could call it like it's a state, not I mean, a territory, um, having recently gotten control back of that same peninsula. And Russia argues that Ukraine has always been Russian, uh, much like Stalin, you know, cutting and pasting people he didn't like out of his photographs in a, a, a very impressive pre-Photoshop flex. Um it's also the same as, you know, like another example of this, I think you can see, and this will be 
the way it'll be remembered in the future, I think. Um, we talked about a children's hospital, I believe, that assembled. We know what it was. It was when we were talking about the Z uh, symbol that's being used to to um, recognize, you know, pro-Russian sentiment in this conflict and how, you know, they had kids trotted out from this, like, children's hospital, um, kids suffering from really awful diseases, um, cancer and such, uh, trotted out and made into the formation of a Z and essentially b- being, you know, fed this narrative and truly believing it uh, that – the same one. This is the same one here, that, that uh, Ukraine has always been part of Russia and that this uh, invasion is absolutely justified. Um, and, and that's how we're even here to debate. You know, it, it's just more about like how uh, can propaganda and rewriting narratives uh, be used effectively to also rewrite memories? Yes. Yeah. And at this point, maybe asking ourselves in the audience, well, guys, you've established that memory is perhaps more malleable than I would like to think. Maybe, in truth, my, uh, my brain may conspire a bit for very good intentions against my idea of myself. But why is this important? Well, it's important because this conspiracy has happened to you. If you are listening today, you should ask yourself why your local authorities, whether they be political, religious, or financial, seem so adamant on opinions and beliefs that they not so long ago appear to deride. Why are they switching sides? Further, ask yourself about the scene and, again, the setting in which you experienced this episode today. Ask yourself about the related idea of the Mandela or Mandala effect. Berenstein, Berenstain, it goes deeper. Perhaps most importantly, ask yourself about gaslighting. Hold those authorities, legal or otherwise, accountable. Do not hesitate to recall the past. Many institutions in your world personal and larger, as in our own world, would rather that the inconvenient past be the stuff they don't want you to know. Jeez, what a ride. Well, look, hey, I got a couple things. While this got is a true, things. while this is true, uh, remember, your memory is also good, often. Uh, so this isn't to say that you can't remember things and you're wrong about all this stuff. You got to be able to trust yourself to a certain extent, right? Uh, I think in this episode, we're pointing out that there are issues, right? And there can be issues. So it's often, I don't know, you just, we're not saying question everything, I guess, in a way we are. But at the same time, we're saying, like, just be aware, but don't be afraid. Because there are people out there like Mary Lou Renner who can Mm -hmm. do weird stuff. I would say also, don't be afraid to believe in your your personal memory you know don't let that's what i mean by gaslighting don't let people try to induce some fake memory when you know what is true funny thing is though you, you can easily induce fake memories into yourself uh this is a silly example and then i'm donezo but um i went and saw my favorite band in the world radiohead when i was like 13 you know uh, it was a really special concert for me and in my mind 
For years, they opened with this particular song, and that was just the reality for me, was they opened with the song, uh, a song off of The Benz uh, called Planet Telex. Um, well, I recently discovered that the concert that I went to was filmed. I remember it was filmed for MTV for this thing called Live at the Ten Spot. So I was able to go and watch it, hadn't thought about it in years, or just all of a sudden was like, hey, I wonder if that's on YouTube. Surely was. It was on YouTube, and they did not open with that song at all. But my mind... It, that is exactly what happened, and I believed it, and I um, supported it and bolstered it by telling that story, you know? So my mind lied to me, and then I was able to continue to reinforce that lie that I told myself. Irrelevant lie that doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't matter. But then I was able to present myself with the facts, and it made me—it uh, really threw me for a loop. Yeah, yeah, understood. Let's put some uh, let's put some focus on you, Matt. Do you have a do you have a memory like that or an experience like that that you're comfortable sharing on air? Uh, no, but I do want to talk about hyperthymesia because mm, we let's get back. To some it. people have some people have written to us about that because it really is a thing. At least it, there are, I believe, six to ten somewhere around there cases of peer-reviewed instances where people can absolutely remember the tiniest of things about mm -hmm. what they did on a specific day in their life. And you can go back through their entire life, and this person can tell you everything. Um, I mentioned Mary Lou Henner is one person, is an actor, who is able to do that. They're, again, just, they're less than 12, I believe, documented cases out there. I know, I know it was very, very small. It is a possibility, but it is highly unlikely that you could teach yourself to remember things in the same way that somebody like that can remember things. So I, I think sometimes in the interactions we've had with people who've written to us, uh, it's made to seem as though this is a teachable thing, a learned thing. It is, in fact, not. Right. Yeah, you're spot on. There are various mnemonic techniques that one can teach. Uh, and, and I'm glad to have that conversation with anyone who wants to reach out. There are various mnemonic techniques that one can teach oneself uh, in order to, I wouldn't say get perfect recall. As you established, Matt, that's extraordinarily rare, but it is possible to sort of train your body. You know, like how how if you if you work out the right way, then you can do a hundred push-ups in six weeks. You know, you can get to that point. And you can do the same with memory. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes practice. Uh, that's the important thing to remember, uh, <laughs> to remember. Uh, I would also I would also say that uh, there is an enormous opportunity here for us collectively to look at motivations and to look at practices of institutions. And of course, you are the best part of this show. Uh, we would love to hear your ideas about memory, its malleability, uh, the way it encodes. Do you think Proust was right in a remembrance of things past? Do you have your own example of a memory seeming to change, whether on a small micro scale or whether on a macro scale. If so, we would love to hear from you. We try to be easy to find through a variety of uh, avenues. 
oh so easy. You can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are on YouTube at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. Check out that YouTube channel, by the way. We've got fun, like, you know, clippy kind of polls from every single new episode we do every week for your enjoyment. You can see our giant floating heads. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, where we exist under the handle Conspiracy Stuff Show. But hey, you don't have an internet connection? You don't like the internet? Computers are for the birds? There's other ways to get in touch with us, too. Oh, yes. You can pick up your phone and use it for its intended purpose. You can call 1-833-STDWYTK. You will hear Ben and our theme song, then a beep. After that point, it's all you. Give yourself a cool nickname, say whatever you'd like. Let us know if we can use your voice and message on the air. And, hey... If you've got more to say than can fit in that three-minute voicemail message, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.